You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, welcome back. I am glad that you're here for the third podcast about the resurrection from 1 Corinthians 15. It's kind of a long passage, but it's absolutely essential to our Christian faith. And I have sort of passed over some key elements just so that I could focus on a few of these uh, key resurrection conversations. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 sort of goes back and forth in this dialogue with Paul where he's talking clearly about the gospel, the kingdom of God coming, the victory of Jesus over evil, sin, and death, and the essential role that the resurrection plays in that. He's often having to defend that there is a resurrection of the dead because, as I mentioned in an earlier podcast, these Greek-thinking Corinthian Christians had a really hard time thinking that God would ever give back a body, a glorified, resurrected body to people. But as he comes towards the end of 1 Corinthians 15, he begins to address the question of like, well, what kind of body? What does this mean? So he's going to talk about our victory over death, And he'll talk a little bit about our resurrected body. And I want to read it. It's kind of a long passage, but I want to read it to you as we think about this. So here we are, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the resurrection body. I'm going to read verse 35 and following. Here we are. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come back to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. But God gives it a body as he is determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals another, birds another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is of one kind. The splendor of the earthly bodies is of another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another, and star differs from star in splendor. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that's sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. Let me pause for just a minute before I read more. And uh, I want to emphasize one thing about this metaphor that Paul made. That makes a lot of sense to folks in Mississippi. When Paul was talking to the Corinthians about a body being sown in death and being raised in new life, he's using this example of like a seed, like a, a, a wheat seed. If you think about like a kernel of corn or a grain of wheat, it literally is a seed. When you take it off the ear of corn or you, you break it out, of, out of, you rub it between your hands and you break it off the stalk of wheat, uh, it, we literally think of it as dead, right? It's a, it's a seed. It's no longer attached to the plant. It's a very small uh, kernel. is a very small piece of a great big corn stalk, right? So when you lay that in the ground, it's dry. By all appearances to the human eye, it appears to be dead. It's not, it's not alive. But if, if it's watered, and the sun hits it and God works, that kernel of corn or that or that piece of wheat will come up into a big stalk. And let's just use corn as Mississippians, right? What was about the size of your fingernail and your pinky finger is going to come to life and be a seven-foot-tall, uh, thriving green stalk of corn, giving life to more ears of corn with you know blooms and pollen uh, on the blooms with long green ears catching the sunlight, stretching it. Like, so the difference between the kernel that was put in the ground that appeared to be dead and the stalk of corn that came up from it is remarkable. I mean, it just if you think about it, 
very different. So different that if the first time you saw the two compared, you might not be able to believe that they were connected. And yet they are intimately connected, right? The, the corn stalk that came from the ground, it is what was planted in the ground. And Paul saying in the same way, I'm walking around in a body that will be like that kernel of corn. One day this body will seem dried up, withered, and dead. And I'll be, for all practical purposes, placed in the ground. But when I'm given a resurrected body, my resurrected body will be directly connected to my earthly body. But it will be gloriously different in the same way that a living, thriving corn stalk is remarkably different than the dead and withered kernel of corn. So our resurrected bodies will be, on the one hand, very connected to our earthly bodies, but on the other hand, somehow gloriously different, more alive. I think that's pretty neat to think about. Okay, let's keep reading for time's sake. I want to go to um, go back to verse 42. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown, in other words, puts put in the ground, is perishable. It will die. But it is raised imperishable. Doesn't fatigue, doesn't wear out, doesn't die. It is sown in dishonor, marked by sin and decay and weakness, brokenness. But it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Uh, probably the best translation of that would be a body that is driven by the Spirit, not driven by the, by the passions and pleasures of satisfying our flesh, but rather by satisfying God in communion with God. There is a natural body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. In this verse, that reference to the last Adam, it's actually a reference to Jesus. The, the comparison is that we inherited a sinful body of flesh from Adam, but when Christ was born out of the tomb and started new creation, we're made into his image now. We're going to be given a resurrected, glorified body like his. So we sort of look like our father Adam now, and we inherited his sin and death. But in Jesus, we inherit a new life and a resurrected body. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, Adam, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. You and I will reflect the glory of Jesus in our resurrected body. That's pretty cool. Verse 50, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I'll tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In, in other words, we won't all die. There, there will be one generation of believers sometime that is alive when Jesus returns. That generation of believers won't die they will get resurrected bodies. They'll be changed. They'll be gloriously changed when Christ comes back. But those of us who die first will receive our resurrected bodies, while those that generation of believers won't die, but they will be changed. We will all have resurrected bodies together. Listen, I'll tell you, mystery will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then 
the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. That's a quote from Isaiah. And here's a quote from Hosea. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? So the mortal enemy of humanity since Genesis chapter 3 has been death, right? We ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and from that moment we were exiled away from the tree of life. And death was our sentence. Well, in the resurrection of Jesus, the last enemy to be defeated is death, and Christ conquers death. Let's read about this in verse 56. The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we've broken the law, we've sinned, and we will die. But in Jesus, that's reversed. You'll be given a resurrected body, glorified like Christ's, driven by the Spirit, imperishable. I'm excited to think about what that will be like. So I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, uh, that as you and I follow Jesus in this life, we have so much to look forward to in the life to come. But one of the things that I want us to believe in, to know about, is that in the age to come, in our inheritance, in the new creation, you and I won't be floating around as disembodied spirits. Instead, we will have glorified, resurrected, imperishable bodies. We'll follow in the footsteps of Christ. We'll know each other, we'll recognize each other, and we will engage in enjoying the new creation with God forever. So church family, stay faithful. I can't wait to see you on Sunday. It's encouraging to me to think about the truths of 1 Corinthians 15, and I encourage you, study this chapter, read about it, study it yourself, journal about it, pray, and ask God to give you some wisdom. It is a remarkable chapter in the scripture. I love you. Have a fantastic day. I'll see you this Sunday. 